0: Hello, Connected Parents, and welcome to another episode of Connected Parenting. Today, I want to talk about how to help your kids with anxiety and worries, with practical strategies and tools that can actually help them. Uh, Kids are really struggling. They're having a very hard time. Parents are are having a hard time with their kids' worries. So today's episode is how to turn your child from a worrier into a warrior. (laughs) everyone i'm jennifer collari i'm a child and family therapist and a parenting coach and the founder of connected parenting and welcome to the connected parenting weekly podcast join me every week and we'll tackle everything from temper tantrums to bedtime to sibling issues to teenage angst parenting can be so wonderful but it can be so hard parents often say to me hey can you just come live at my house this is the next best thing let's do this together So the first thing you want to help your kids understand is that anxiety and worries are normal. So anxiety and worrying gets a bad rap. Um, You know, we sort of taught to think of it as a bad thing and something you have to not feel and fight against. So it's really important to help your kids understand that we all need anxiety if we don't have anxiety then we don't look twice when we cross the street we'll tell our teacher i don't care shut up we'll we'll get in fights with our friends you have to have um, a certain amount of anxiety to help you make good choices and it's a, you know it's certainly a continuum and motivation Uh, is also a form of anxiety. You have to be care enough about something and motivated enough about something to do it. So you want to help kids understand that anxiety is actually a really important thing. And you want a little bit of anxiety. You want kind of normal working anxiety to help you function in the best way that you can. And when you have too much anxiety, then it feels really, really yucky in your body. But the first thing is to really normalize it for them. The second thing is to help them understand its purpose. So, you know, real anxiety, like a, a sort of shock of fear is really designed to keep us alive. So if a bookshelf is gonna fall on us, if, if something's going to um, fall on our head, you know, crossing the street, we wanna make sure that we are reacting very, very quickly in an adrenaline time-based uh, way so that we survive that thing. And then the idea is once that thing is gone, once that uh, shock is gone, that danger is gone, the brain goes back uh, to a a point of balance so that you're okay. And so it's really helpful for kids to understand there's two kinds of anxiety. There's useful anxiety. Oh, that bookshelf is going to fall on me. I better get out of the way. And useless anxiety. "Mm, I wrote that test and I don't think I did very well on it and keep going over and over and over in my head. So you can even ask your kids, you know, is this anxiety helpful for you right now? Um, or is it not serving a purpose? And so you sort of think about it that way to help kids understand, you know, that you just want to help them understand that anxiety is not a bad thing. It's something that loves them. It's a self-preservatory emotion that wants them to be safe and wants them to um, be out of danger. But if we give into it too much, um, you'll end up feeding it and hang And anxiety is actually a very hungry emotion and it likes to be fed. So the more you give into it, um, I'm nervous to go there, so I'm not going to go. I don't like gymnastics, so I'm not going to go today. Um, I don't want to hand in this paper because I think it's terrible. Um, the more that you just let anxiety get away with it, the more that part of the brain, the midbrain goes, Oh, well that worked my person's still alive. So I must be doing a great job. So I'm, not, I'm going to do that again next time. I'm not going to let them go into gymnastics next time. So what you want to do because you want to help them understand that anxiety is there to protect them, but it comes from a part of the brain that's very primal and very basic, and it doesn't always make the best choices. It's your frontal lobe, the part of the brain that regulates, organizes, takes perspective, looks at the big picture. That's the part of the brain that we want to have turned on. Now, in times of real danger, that's the part we want turned off. You know, you don't want to cross a street and be like, ooh, that car's coming really fast. You know, maybe I could walk that way, it would be faster. Maybe if I went that way, it'd be faster. When you do all that planning and all do all that thinking, you're actually in danger. So in really in moments like that, we want um fight or flight to take over. We want that fight or flight response for sure. Um, But if we're nervous about, you know, the child going to bed or they're going to um, have a play date or they're starting a new program or meeting a new adult in their life that's going to tutor them or teach them music, um, that's, you know, a real genuine anxiety, of course. But we also want to help them understand Um, that in that particular situation, it's not life-threatening, it's not dangerous, and so sort of control that anxiety. So the example that I give um, is have your kids think about anxiety like a big, goofy guard dog. This big, goofy dog that loves you so, so, so much, and it wants you to stay safe, and you bring it home from the pet store, and at first it's just barking at, you know, suspicious-looking people outside, and then it turns around and goes, hmm, my person's still here, so... I must be doing a fantastic job. You know what? I'm going to do an even better job next time. So now the dog barks at everybody that's going by the house out the window. And the dog's like, well, my person's still here. I am really good at this. I'm going to keep, I'm going to do an even better job. I'm going to bark at everyone inside the house too. And then the dog's like, you know what? I'm going to bark at anyone who comes near. And eventually the dog is literally sitting on your chest, licking your whole face, thinking it's done the best job, keeping you safe. And you're probably safe. But you have an 85 pound dog on your chest licking your face and you can't get up. So we really want kids to understand that we don't want the anxiety to go away. If you want to make an anxious child more anxious, tell them you want their anxiety to go away. Because the first thought is, I can't go away. The only reason my, my person is here is because I'm anxious. I, if you take this anxiety away, they're just going to be in danger right? So you don't tell them you want to take the anxiety away. That's why I use the um, the idea of an anxiety dog. And if they don't like dogs, then use a bunny or giant bunny or something, something that's not going to scare them. But the idea is that you want them to understand you need the anxiety dog. The anxiety dog loves you and we love it, but we want that dog to stay in its dog bed and go to sleep and only come out when they're really needed. Like when a bookshelf is falling on you, right? Only when there's actual real danger and you need to be alert. And that's usually a much better analogy for children. When I work with kids one-on-one, we do a whole program around the anxiety dog and how we're training it. And that really, really, really helps. So that's the first thing you want to have that kind of foundational conversation with them about anxiety, what it is, and about the anxiety dog. Um, And then you want to teach them some really practical strategies that could really help. So I'll give you a few right now. You'll have to imagine these because this is audio. Um, the first thing you can do is actually have your child just put their hand over their forehead, just put their palm over their forehead and leave it there and then relax their tongue in the bottom of their mouth. And you can do it too. And you'll, you'll feel sort of an instant calming. And the reason you feel calm, um, is there, there's actually hands are electromagnetic. They're actually pulling, um, energy really from the midbrain back up into the frontal lobe. Okay, it's it's sort of, think of it as like a turning, it's turning it on, it's turning on the frontal lobe. This is why universally humans all over the world, if they're alarmed or alerted, they go, (gasps) and they put their hand on their forehead and, and or their chest, right? In both of those cases, you're bringing energy, you're bringing electricity to the part of the brain or to the part of the body that's needed in that moment. So when you put your hand on your forehead, You're actually drawing the blood. You're drawing energy back up to the frontal lobe so it can turn on and do its job, which is to take perspective, um, organize, inhibit, um, and all of those really important things that the frontal lobe does. So that's one really cool thing. Another thing that you can do, which is really, really helpful, is just focus on dropping your tongue. So have your child relax their tongue on the bottom of their teeth and just relax. And when they do that, they'll feel their tummy. You'll, you'll feel it too. When you practice, you'll feel your stomach let go and you tell them your tummy just relaxes. And that sends a signal to the body that you're not in danger because the first thing you do, if you're in danger is you tighten up your stomach muscles. You, you tighten up all the muscles that protect your vital organs. You tense up, you squeeze yourself in, you start changing your breath Um, and when you do that, you're sending a signal to the brain that something could be dangerous. Now it doesn't matter that it's a zoom class starting or a tiger chasing you down the street. The midbrain is not particularly bright. So its job is not to decide if something's dangerous. That's the frontal lobe's job. It just decides that something is dangerous, tightens up your muscles, and now you have cortisol and adrenaline flowing through your body. And that's what gives your child the, the butterfly feeling in their stomach. Um, And so if they relax their tongue and they relax their, uh, they'll relax their stomach, sending a signal to the brain that you're no longer in danger. Another one, and this is very classic, and I'm sure you've talked to your kids about this before, but breathing. So it's really important to do belly breathing, tummy breathing, right? You breathe in from through your stomach and then you fill up your chest almost like in a circular. So you're breathing in through your stomach, in through your chest, you're holding it and you're breathing out. And I call it four, five, six breathing. So you're breathing in for four, you're holding for five, and you're breathing out for six. And depending on the age of your child, you can imagine that they're breathing in uh, one color, breathing out another color. They can imagine that they're breathing in their worries and breathing out their worries, and they can see the little cloud traveling away that can be really helpful imagery and imagination is so important for kids this is their natural medium this is how they kind of understand things so doing some really nice belly breathing and you can do a few sets like that and you can do it with them and reminding them to relax their jaw and relax their shoulders that can really help Um, another one which can really help and again you're using your imagination but you can do this with all ages is you have your children imagine the thing that they're worried about So it's a, I don't know, could be anything could be a test they have to take, or they're, they're in bed at night worrying because lots of kids worry, uh, at night. That's very normal and natural for them to worry at night. Um, so you actually have them imagine a picture of their worry. So I don't know, imagine themselves sitting in bed, looking all scared and imagine that the picture and it's a photograph. And then you have them take their hands and actually um, close their eyes, but imagine the picture, take their hands and imagine that they're squeezing the picture from the top and from the sides, just keep squeezing it and making it smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until it's about the size of a postage stamp. Then you have them reach out, their eyes are closed, they're sort of reaching out and they're grabbing that imaginary little picture of the po- that's a postage stamp size. And they're dragging it down and dropping it low and by their left hand side. So they're just grabbing that and dropping it by their left hand side and they can let go of it. And next they can imagine um, a picture again of them doing their breathing and dropping their tongue and putting their hand on their forehead and imagining themselves in a really happy place and just all the stuff that we've talked about so far, have them imagine that in a bunch of pictures, like still shots. And then they can reach their hand out with their palm and slide that image to the left. And then they can imagine a scene where they feel great. They're relaxed, they feel happy. It's so good to feel the anxiety gone, the butterflies are gone, they're just feeling quite wonderful and quite lovely. And then ask them to add color and sound and intensity to that beautiful picture, and then take that picture with their hands and pull it right into their heart. And this is a lovely technique that you can use with your kids anytime that they are worried about something. Um, I'll give you two more. Another great one is have them think about the thing that they're worried about. So you want to do this in a space, a place where you actually have some space. So it could be in their If their bedroom is big enough, they can do it there. You can do it in the living room or the basement. Have them imagine the thing they're worried about, the thing that they're quite scared about. And have, it, have them imagine it right in front of them, sort of right in front of their nose, like they're standing right up against it. And then have them check in and see how nervous they feel about that. And then carefully, so they don't trip, have them take 10 very big steps back from that thing they're worried about. So the thing that they're worried about stays there and they're taking 10 big steps back from it. Then check in with them and ask how they feel. And they will almost always say, "I it's weird, but I feel better. I feel much better. And then you have them take, depending on the space you're in, either 10 big steps to the right or 10 big steps to the left. So they're now farther away diagonally from the fear. Have them sit there or stand there in that space and talk about what that feels like. And then they can take 10 steps back to where they were and then 10 steps back towards their worry and have them check in and see if they feel better. And almost every time they will feel better, um, especially kids that have a really good imagination. Um, okay, so the final tool that you can try is have them, and you can do this with them, go, go on YouTube and put in um, inspirational movie music. And listen to it first so it's not scary but it just sounds like the part in the movie where it's absolutely amazing and the hero is gonna do something fantastic ask them first who their favorite either superhero is or i don't know maybe it's harry potter ask them to think about a character that they really admire who who has a lot of strength and then if they happen to have a costume Or glasses or a wand or something that's representative of that character, they can go and grab it. Um, If not, you could do it straight with the imagination and you just imagine. um, So put the music on and then have them imagine that they're in the costume that that character would wear, that they're just embodying that costume and have them put their fists on their hips and have their legs a little bit apart, just sort of that Superman pose. Have them put their chests out and their shoulder back. And just breathe in and out really strong breath, and listen to that amazing music and imagine that they're their favorite superhero. And this is a great thing to do before kids are about to do something they're nervous to do, um, whether it's going to a play date or they're about to do a test or they're about to go into a brand new program for the first time or they're about to go upstairs to bed and they're nervous in their bed. Um, this is certainly great with liller kids, but even with older kids, you can just have them imagine either a character or just have them stand in that amazing power pose with or without the music and these are a few little tricks to help your little ones go from warriors to warriors. Hi, I'm Barrett Kaleri from Connected Parenting. I hope you enjoyed our podcast and don't forget to check us out on the web at connectedparenting.com and like us and follow us on Facebook.